0: Well, hello, Date Night fam. Tony back with the beautiful Brie. And in case you missed last week, we made it about halfway through an illuminating conversation with Easy and Rachel Zwayne on the topic of raising kids in their teens and 20s. And we've already heard how the episode has blessed many of you. So without further ado, let's dive back in for part two of Raising Teens and 20s with Mr. and Mrs. Zwayne. Let's get this party started.
1: Yeah, you know, like I I alluded to earlier, um, it was very important to me that once our kids hit adulthood, that again, we treated them like adults. And what that means, though, is before they hit adulthood, we were extremely proactive, you know. And, you know, one of our favorite books of all time, I think you guys can concur, Shepherding a Child's Heart Mm -hmm. by Ted Tripp. And Mm -hmm. that book was given to us when I was a young pastor. I think Julia was just maybe one. She was Mm -hmm. just a, you know, a baby. And we were, uh, you know, we were just absolutely blown away by the biblical principles. In fact, I often say that book is stained with my tears mm. because just the deep biblical truth. It was such an honor when I was invited to speak at a conference in Washington. Uh, and you know, I was a keynote speaker and they sent me the link to the website and I look and oh, there's two keynote speakers and it was me and Ted trip. And I, I just was like, he was one of my heroes, yeah. you know, oh. and I've never in my life asked anyone to sign anything for me. I'm just not yeah. like that. But I took that original copy they had my, my tears <laughs> staining the pages and I asked him to sign. And we, you know, it was just such an honor to speak with him at that conference and we had lunch together and he told me the backstory to the book, which was just fascinating. But, but, you know, he talks in the book about how important it is that we're careful that we don't give our kids so much room in doing what they want that as they get older and can't handle that responsibility, we try to reel them in. He gave the illustration of like having a dog on a, like a super, you know, Two hundred foot leash, and and as a puppy, and then as a dog gets bigger, you try to reel the dog in, versus starting off on a short leash and giving slack Mm. as as the dog matures. Of course, Mm -hmm. not to compare kids to dogs, but you know the illustration is: hey, you know, be be a a parent that guides their children, teaches them responsibility, and and directs their hearts, and as proactively involved in their lives, and as they get older. You give them more and more slack you know so that was kind of our philosophy and so what was what was important to me is once our kids hit adulthood and they're living at home that there were certain principles that were maintained because i've seen nightmare stories of of adult kids living at home totally just disrespectful to their parents honory, uh belittling mocking mm-hmm. uh totally irresponsible not working not going to school lazy not ha- helping around the house uh professing to be Christians but living in sin and 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 rebellion against the Lord and so I I just I, I sat down one day and said you know this just can't this can't happen in our home by God's grace our kids love the Lord and they're walking with the Lord they're serving the Lord but even within that you know as they begin to uh kind of experience the newfound freedoms they have just like all of us, there are times when, when the flesh can get the better of us and we can begin to go in different directions. So I, I said to them, Look, kids, there are just three things I require of you. And once my kids turn eighteen, um, we've always said, look, there 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 are no like curfews, there's no um telling us, hey, I, I'm gonna go here tonight or I'm gonna stay the night here, or you know, can I buy this or do that? And some parents, they desire to keep those. We don't. And that's just our personal conviction. We want them to be treated like adults, act like adults except for these three things that we just ask. And like you mentioned, the first is respect. If you're going to live in our home, we're not asking of you anything that we ourselves don't plan to give you. Mm-hmm. And and this connects with what we're called to do as believers in general in terms of of, of Uh, our demeanor as Christians and and what scripture calls us to conform to. And so you're not going to live in the home and, and, you know, act disrespectfully towards us. So you're going to be respectful and, and, and address us with honor as your parents um, and, and just as fellow believers and just as people in general. So respect a responsibility. You're not going to live at home and just kind of not go to school or not work, uh, not save your money, not have a plan for the future, because by you living here what i'm doing is i'm investing in your future and and as 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 your mom and I are doing that our our desire is to see you flourish and become a productive human being uh, in keeping with the gifts that God has given you and in, in accordance with the calling he's placed on your life as a christian and so you're going to be responsible. You're going to pull your weight around the house. You're not going to be a slob. You're going to help with things that that we need help with. And you're going to be a a joyful, glad contributing member, member of the household in that regard. And then responsible in those other spheres of life. And then finally, righteousness, um, you know, you claim to know the Lord. And even if, if it, someone has a child that's not a believer, it's it's still permissible to have a standard of righteousness within your home. Society has that. Uh, mm-hmm. Places of employment have that. Mm-hmm. Schools have that. It, it's funny because it suddenly, you know, because there's such a misunderstanding, uh, you know, when it comes to um, the, the appropriate place for up, uprightness, even good works in Scripture, because there's a misunderstanding there. Things have been so muddled we the pendulum swings and we go to the other extreme oh well we, we won't do that because that's legalism that's no it's not it's 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 completely acceptable in every other sphere of society and then we say no but here because we're christians no it makes no sense whatsoever but righteousness especially if you profess christ uh you can't be living in a manner contrary to his ways and so yeah that's the mantra uh respect responsibility righteousness and this is your homestead until you're wed you're dead or you're raptured by the church's head
0: <laughs> That's so good easy love yeah and rapping
1: and you, again. yeah and you know and what i mean by that is that you know our kids live at home rent free uh we don't ask them to contribute to, to any of the expenses food anything they take care of the, you know their car insurance their gas or you know their clothes stuff like that they cover that but we're investing in them we want to we want to give our children an opportunity to excel in life And so this is the time to to work hard, to do well in school, to save your money without having to worry about these big expenses. But it's an investment. We're stewards of God's money. We're stewards of their lives. And we want to exert as much influence in that positive direction as we can.
0: Preach. Let me cut to the chase right there. What if one is disrespectful? How much margin do they get? When does the leash come back and how far does it come back?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, you know, Again, we've been we've been blessed to to have kids that that honor the Lord and love us. We've had conversations and discussions about different things in the home, but um, I think that every instance requires seeking the Lord for wisdom. I don't like cookie cutter approaches to things. You know, I think when you do that, um, that's when when you enter a danger zone because you have a formula and you're going to apply that formula. But there are variables in there that, that aren't considered at times. And that can be really harmful and damaging to your kids. And by the way, all of this is, is under the banner of love.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our kids
1: know that. This isn't, yeah. again, we don't want to control your life. We don't want to, we want to bless you. We want to serve mm-hmm. you as your parents. And so th- this is all done in love. And so it's tempered with the attributes of love when we're addressing these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that right there is one of the, the, the key? Challenges. I won't say faults, but key challenges for many parents is that we've been raised in a culture that says our child exists for our fulfillment. Mm. When in reality, you know, we exist for theirs. We, we have created them by the Lord has created them, but we are now the one who is to raise them and release them. And, and we're there to, to send them off yeah. and to, to, to support them in the calling God has on their life, would that be fair? Yeah,
1: we're, we are, we are God's as Tetra talks about. We're God's agents in their life, mm-hmm. you know, to keep them with within that circle of safety and blessing, and and you know, again, this almost sounds cliche, but it's usually on the other side of it when when kids are grown and have their own kids that they look back and they say, "Man, we're so glad." That you guys did that mm-hmm. you know there's so many uh child centered homes in the sense that it's just about keeping your kids happy and parents abdicate their calling mm-hmm. to to be those agents of influence in their children's lives corralling them toward righteousness and man that is not love mm-hmm. that's selfishness that that's the, that's the path of least resistance that's the the direction of i don't want tension and dis pleasing emotions, because I have to say no to my kids. Mm-hmm. I have to confront them. I have to exhort them. And Rachel can can speak to that. I mean, it's, it's so important that we as parents love them enough to speak truth, and it's going to pay off in a big way.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that as they get older, I mean, through every stage of parenting, we are tempted with intense emotions that can lead us into sin, with just frustration and anger, and just even feeling off on a certain day and like in your relationship with your children, it's so easy to um, veer off, of course, and allow yourself to be sinful in the way that you interact with them. And so I think that it's so key for us to make sure that we are right before the Lord and that we're starting with ourselves first and foremost so that we can speak into our children's lives. And so you know, when you're dealing with teenagers or, I mean, all, all the different stages, right, can be challenging. But sometimes those teenage years and even late teens and adulthood, there can be a lot of intensity in your relationship. And you want to be able to still speak into your children's lives. So you have to make it a priority to, to have that passion, to stay in the spirit and to be controlled and be ready for a battle to happen at any moment for tension. Um, and I think sometimes... That people can feel that okay, they're adults now, I really can't say much more because I, you know, they don't want my opinion right now, and they're, you know, they're thinking for themselves, or maybe they've had that pressure even from society or even in the church sometimes that um, we were done parenting at 18, and so that's it. But of course, I would say, yeah, I think that it needs to really slow down a lot that communication. I mean, when they're young. It's just constant, you know, like just correcting and instructing and training. And then as they get older, you have to be so wise and slow to speak because um, you can end up just, you know... Too much communication, too much exhortation, too much correction or reminders to where you're just driving the crazy. But if you are walking in the spirit, if you're serious about being self controlled in your interactions, even if they're not and you know, walking in the spirit, then I think as you're praying through those um, conversations or what you should be sharing with them and when you should speak up and, and, you know, share something concerns that you have them, then that goes a long way because you are very tempered with your words. Um, But I think that it's just that relationship in general, them seeing um, that you love them, that you care for them um, is huge. And so, being self-reflective and even as a couple just talking to each other and speaking into each other's lives of like okay I feel like maybe you're a little bit too hard on him or maybe you have been acting this way with us daughter or whatever and just being really um, mindful and, and not kind of being a side note of like this is You know, something crops up and all of a sudden you're just kind of spouting off about it, but you've prayed over it and you're serious about, okay, this is an issue. And so, you know, being able to speak the truth in love and be slow to speak, but also not to be silent Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we are called uh, by the Lord to speak into each other's lives. And so I think it's important for parents to, you know, understand that it doesn't mean that you can't. Share truths with your kids anymore. Once they become adults, I think you just have to have more wisdom with it, yeah. and you have to um, just be, you know, discerning. That's yeah, so and,
1: helpful. Yeah, and and you know, I think also too, um, having a humble heart when your kids are young is just so key. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to earn that currency of respect for those latter years when they get older. Mm-hmm. When when they recognize that when you blow it, when you mess up, you humble yourself. You make it right with them. You uh, you know you don't try to act like you, you can do no wrong. That nothing embitters a child more than that. Mm. They know you are worse sinners than you know you are, mm. and so you're not fooling them. But there's something about having that that humility mm-hmm. when when they recognize you're a fellow sinner traveling the road mm. with them, mm-hmm. and and you, you're infusing the gospel into every conversation where correction is needed you're bringing them back to the hope that is in christ gospel-centric parenting you know and so when they get older and you have to have those times of confrontation you know you have that re- that respect currency where they're going to listen because look a lot of times again we, we we work in an in a kind of an equational type of approach and we just think oh well, of course my kids are going to respect me <laughs> think again <laughs> because they have choices to make too and they and they may choose on the basis of the errors you made um, in terms of, of being prideful and and being overbearing and being harsh and being selfish even in your, in your parenting they may choose not to respect you and they might have good reason for it um, they're still called to, to honor you as their you know as their parent but you know you're dealing with the human dynamic there mm-hmm. and th- there's a lot at play that we can't control even if it may be sinful on their part you don't want to create the kind of atmosphere that contributes to that being a challenge for them in terms of being respectful mm-hmm. toward you even though they should but they're going to struggle mm-hmm. and so have that humility have that brokenness have that genuineness before them and especially and, th- and I love what Rachel talked about Ray um, he always detested hypocrisy and mm-hmm. so he avoided it like the plague You have to, you have to flee hypocrisy with all your heart That's Mm going to make a big difference in parenting older children.
3: Yeah, and I think, too, with that, you know, when you have to implement discipline and consequences, if you are really serious about your own self-control and not taking those things personally, but really just laying things out in a way that's obvious that you want to honor the Lord and that you're doing that because this is important for them and what God has called you to do as a parent, even though they might hate the discipline every single time and seem very unhappy with it, um, they will know that it's out of love because of your composure and your um, just your self control. So they may not be thrilled with it, they may not thank you anytime soon after that, but as they look back on it, they can say, But I. I know that my my parent loves me and my parents love me and that's why they did that. And so it sometimes takes time for it, but it's just, you know, and I think too, obviously all of us blow it, but, you know, it's not too late to go back and correct the record too and just Mm -hmm. say, hey, I have blown it. Way too many times that I haven't apologized for, and I just want to come back and, mm-hmm. and you know um, tell you that it's not okay, and to really just make a point of of pointing that out because that's so that's going to go a long way. It's very healing. Yeah. yeah,
2: so important. Would you say it's different for boys versus girls? You know how strict you should be, or hmm.
1: you know I think um, obviously boys and girls are different, and so the approach is different. Um, but I think the intention is the same, and the desired end is the same, and that is it they they grow to learn that they were made by God and for God, and that they live in the fear of God. you know um, I think that's that's key. Uh, a lot of times parents have goals for their kids that may seem noble, but what happens is they they create a lot of sort of... I think um, downfalls for their kids because they're not focusing on the ultimate goal that's going to cultivate their heart and make them ready to 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 be surrendered to the Lord. You know, a lot of parents take it for granted. Well, I'm a Christian parent. These are my kids are going to be Christians, you know, but but look, we, we have to remember that we're dealing at the outset, at least, you know, with unregenerate human beings. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we don't circum navigate the process that leads them to Christ. And that is as Tetra talks about, you know, reminding them that they were made to live for the glory of God. And when you hold that up before them, along with the law of God, which is our schoolmaster, right, okay. to bring us to Christ, the, 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 the Ten Commandments and helping them recognize here's God's standard, you know, that should lead them to a place where they recognize they can't do it. And that ends up leading them to Christ. No, you can't, <laughs> you cannot, you're, you're a sinner, you're broken, you're fallen. But you're, you know, you're holding up that standard, and and they're realizing, wow, I can't. I need the Lord. That's what happened with Rachel. I mean, one day she came up to her parents and she said, "I can't stop being horrible to my brothers."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Rachel
1: was a terror. Let me tell you. I
2: think every sibling can relate to that. But yeah. but she she, the Lord she used yeah it. she had yeah. this
1: revelation of like. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) And that's when her mom and dad pointed her to the cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't. That's why you need Christ. You need his righteousness. Yeah,
3: yeah. And then just really identifying with your kids too, not just even on that level of sin, but emotions and feelings too. So I've always... You know, with my kids, try to um, identify with them and tell them, like, I know that you are feeling frustrated right now, and I know that you do not feel like getting out of bed and being nice to everybody, and you feel grumpy, and I feel the same way, and I know you don't feel like reading your Bible, and. And there's just lots of things that we're going to feel. And just identifying with that so that they understand. Like, I mean, there's times when I've said to my kids, I know that you might be struggling with feeling angry at me right now. And so that's a reality, that we're going to feel this in our different relationships. But it's still not okay for you to act on those feelings. And so just not, you know, just... Being careful not to just crack that whip when they act out in disrespect. You know, Obviously, there needs to be response to that. There needs to be consequences and consistency. But really dialoguing through those things and making sure that you have enough time in your schedule to do that. And that's something that I kind of push the point on because I feel like we are such busy people in general. And so we pack our lives full of these things for our kids. We want to fill their lives up with so much and give them the best childhood ever. But then we have no time for discipleship yeah. and mm-hmm. discipline. And mm-hmm. so we're just sure. running around, throwing the kids in the car. We can't slow down and deal with that heart issue that's yeah. going on, the anger that's there. And then we you know, go to sleep that night and just kind of remember it, but are like, oh, I'll deal with that tomorrow and just get swept under the rug. And so making sure, you know, even that some there's some things in life you might have to miss out on just because this is the short season when they're young. And, you know, even when they're older too, that you don't, Um, busy yourself so much that you don't even have time to sit down and have heart-to-heart talks with them Mm -hmm. you know as they get older we've found with our older kids that late at night is the time Mm -hmm. that we sit and have (laughs) those long chats Mm -hmm. and being tired for that is so worth it it's the best Mm -hmm. thing to be able to sit up late and just get into their hearts but making sure that you're just you're not so swamped that you're like sorry I just don't have time for that that depth you know because this So parenting is time and investment. It just can't be something that you're doing on the fly.
0: Let me ask a very practical question because there are people that ask us questions from all over the world. One of them has to do with the young ladies. So in a perfect world, they would biblically date or court and then this man would come and there'd be a transfer of trust Mm -hmm. from your daughter's hand to his and it would be, you know at whatever age we would designate as mm-hmm. perfect. But there are times where that doesn't happen. And so now you have a young lady. She's in your home. She's 23, 24, 25 or older. Um, how does that work? Should she stay in your home? Should she move out with roommates? How do you navigate that for all the parents with young ladies?
1: That, that really is a good question. And I think it's one that parents wrestle with sometimes quietly in the recesses of their own minds and don't really get feedback from others on. And it, it can be extremely challenging, you know, and I, I think it really is a, an issue of conviction. Like I mm-hmm. said, every family is different. Circumstances are different. The temperament of your children are different. Are they conforming to the, to the three R's, you know, are they not? Um, I, I think that, uh, we, we've put too much stock in and Western culture today, you turn 18, you know, you move out. Uh, My question is why, you know, why, why do we do that? Well, I think some parents legitimately and sincerely want to teach their kids responsibility. They don't want them to, you know, to just kind of take things for granted and they can learn a lot being out on their own. I agree that there's some truth to that, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that's necessary if your kids are being respectful and responsible and righteous. I think the longer you're able to influence them, the better, you know, and especially I think with, with, with ladies, uh, you know, that there is that sense of, of the covering of their father, not, not in, in an extreme sense that many people have taken it to, but I think principally there, that there is that, that safety of, of your father's, uh, leadership and protection, uh, you know, over you. And I, I, I don't see anything wrong with a young lady saying, Oh, I mean, culturally that's how I grew up, you know, in the middle East, that's how it is. A lot of the world is like that actually, and so, again, we're not of the mindset, hey, when you get a certain age or, you know, you need to move out. But, look, if the three R's start to get violated, then then we're going to have to have a talk. And if there isn't that humility and brokenness there, there isn't a, a pathway toward, you know, uh, making it right in that regard, then, yeah, I think it, it, it may be time to do that. But I I don't think it's a must. And I would challenge parents to really rethink that. Why do we do that? I think it's cultural pressure. And sometimes young women do that and even young guys because well all oh, people think i'm you know lazy look if you can save tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. while, while while being at home as you're being responsible there's going to come a day where eventually you know you are going to move on for whatever reason what a blessing mm-hmm. what a blessing you know um instead of going out there and wasting <laughs> these days thousands of dollars on rent mm-hmm. and expenses like, there, there's a principle there. Now, again, some people have different things. Well, if they're going to live at home, we still want them to, to help pay rent. Sure, that's fine. You could do that. But under any circumstances, even helping with expenses, it's still going to be different than if they were out there. And I think that's that's one of the ways we as parents can contribute to helping them. But again, I mean, look, I grew up, my brother was extremely wealthy, semi-retired in his 20s. He still lived at home. <laughs> you know, And it was wonderful. We're a family. We get to be together. We. Why do we want to force that separation I think a lot of it too it's, it's it's an issue it could be an issue of selfishness
0: you know it's really good and and you wouldn't say that those convictions are anybody's commands absolutely and the reality not. is it's not a sin issue it's a prudential issue right. and mm-hmm. everyone has different absolutely varying circumstances but generally speaking if we can have influence on our children's lives longer yeah. and they're being respectful why would we want to rush their entrance into hardship and yeah. challenge and yeah. And
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I think that they can grow in so many of those ways while at home with their family bonding and, and, and deepening their relationship and continuing to receive that influence. But yeah, I, I can't overemphasize enough that this is a convictional issue and that we're all going to land in different places on that. And that's OK. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think we should be open to, to examine the other side and say, OK, well, maybe I should rethink that. And there could be positive elements there.
2: So good. Well, we had a question come in on Instagram. We were hoping you could share some wisdom. She writes, My husband and I got saved later in life, and our children are already teens. We're now wanting to instruct them in the ways of the Lord, but it's so late, and they're not happy about it. What can we do? How can we do it? Or is it kind of a lost cause? Oh, man.
1: That makes my heart ache, you know, because those are real stories, and they, they are painful and difficult to navigate. Uh, I'll just say one thing quickly. I know Rachel will have a lot to add to this, but as I alluded to earlier, humility is huge and and it needs to happen on that front where parents can come and say, look, you know, we, we, we realize that there were things that we didn't know or understand or do, uh, do right. We recognize that because there is that temptation to be prideful. We're the parents. They're the kids. I mean, what are they going to think? They're not going to respect us. Nothing is more respectable than genuineness mm. and humility mm-hmm. And 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 gentle candidness and just mm-hmm. being real and saying, Hey, you know, we, we made some mistakes, but we wanna we want to turn this around and we wanna do what's right and most importantly what's honoring to the Lord. Just like you're under our authority, we're under the Lord's authority, and God designed us to function in a certain way. And when we don't function in accordance with God's design, we're doing unnatural things and the end result of unnatural things is always disaster, despite how it may seem to be going in the stages of progression the end result is always breakdown, And so here's where we messed up and, and here are
3: the changes we want to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just acknowledging that that's difficult for the kids. Um, and that they may not understand, you know, if they're not born again, they're not going to understand that. And I think we have to say that to our kids often. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not always going to understand the ways that we do things. Um, and, but then, you know, when it comes down to it, we have to obey God and not man. And so this is, you know, there needs to be a firmness and a confidence in the word. And I think a lot of that will come from just being in the word, but also reading books that are helpful to just, you know, I, I think that would be encouraging to to read books and not just, um, you know, just for that extra encouragement mm-hmm. as they're kind of questioning, like, oh, what do we even do? Um, and then get counseling to some biblical counseling just to help through that process because it's, you know, it's such a big change in the home mm-hmm. that I can only imagine the turmoil and the emotions and just kind of wanting to follow the kids lead because that feels like the easier way. Um, but just as a couple, just planning how we're going to do this, what are the most important things that we need to change? And um, doing it all just in love and humility and, you know, but I think that confidence is really huge. Yeah.
1: And then having a plan, you know, putting together a very clear and and very, you know, proactive plan and then being decisive in, in implementing that plan and, and having consistency. In that as That's well. That's
0: good. And would you say if someone's that late in, in the game, it may come down to like picking which hills you want to die on. Like, hey, there's certain things now the family's mm-hmm. going to institute. And maybe it's one or two big things and then they can add others and yeah. kind of time scale that or release it so that the kids aren't getting hit with a thousand things all overnight. Would that be fair?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and infusing that too with, with grace and with patience, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because it, it it's it's a big blow when suddenly you're, you, the ship's been going this way for all these years <laughs> yeah. and now you got to oh, turn, sure. you got to turn that Titanic around, you know, and mm-hmm. we're trying to treat it like a speedboat, <laughs> you know, and do a quick spin. <laughs> it, it, hey, it, it's, it takes a, it takes a long time to turn a, a big ship around. And so patience and grace and abundance and, and infusing, you know, humor in there and being even self deprecating, like, look, we, you know, man, we mess up all the time and we blow it and, and just having having that that sweetness involved in that is so important because I think parents can, you know, like I said, the pendulum swings. They can get so diehard, and then their kids are just, wow, overwhelmed, you know? So I love that, uh, Tony, exactly. Here, let, let's start with, with, with a couple of things, mm-hmm. and then, you know, little by little, as adjustments are made, you add. But you're always recalibrating their understanding that we're not just heaping rules on you, mm. Uh, for, you know, behaviorism or, or, you know, moralism, we're doing it because this is what God says
0: is best for our functioning. It's
1: good. Mm-hmm. It's really important.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so let let's open it up a little bit here. You guys just go on as long as you want. Let's move it from talking about the kids to talking about the parents. How would you recommend parents weather this season of life? Because you got teens and you got 20-somethings. You've just talked about the three R's. You've talked about the late night conversations. You've talked about the in-depth admittance, the humility before honor. You've talked about being really emotionally open and authentic. Mm. So that's for the kids. But how would a couple who's in this season, how can they grow stronger through this season? Mm.
1: Yeah, I, I think for us, one of the things that has, I think, contributed most to having health in our parenting has been having health in our marriage. Mm -hmm. Of course, it begins with the top and it it trickles down. And so one of the habits we've had throughout the years is continually reading through marriage books together. Mm -hmm. It's just been wonderful. It keeps our our focus where it needs to be. It reminds us of things that we've easily forgotten. Mm -hmm. It, It unites us. It creates a platform for rich fellowship to discuss truths as we're receiving counsel from other godly people. And so that's, that's one of the things that we do. And, and some of our, our favorite books that, that we've read on marriage would be um, Marriage by Paul Tripp. It used to be called What Did You Expect? Redeeming the Realities of Marriage. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, this Momentary Marriage by John Piper. Uh, the Meaning of Marriage by, by Tim Keller. Uh, when Sinners Say I Do. Uh, and I Still Do by Dave Harvey. Those are two separate books. So, mm-hmm. oh, have you guys read I Still Do? <laughs> I yeah. just
2: got it. Okay. Yeah. So she's, read, no,
1: she's buying I'm a know.
0: bunch of books that I must read. <laughs> <laughs> said, hey, honey. She just said this last date night. She said, hey, honey, "Would you uh, like to do some reading of books together? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, those those are some of our. There's there's a lot more, but those mm-hmm. are some of our our absolute favorites. And so we would we would encourage couples to do that. And um, and then just to to, to be mindful of a few different things mm-hmm. in relation to that.
3: Yeah, I think that um, just speaking from a woman's perspective, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your children. And, you know, like I said, you know, once you become a mother, it's like your whole being changes. And um, I remember actually thinking when um, we I was pregnant with Julia, our firstborn, and Izzy was just somewhat unique, I think, because he was just so excited about having a baby since he was like a kid, you know, like he was thought about fatherhood for so long. And so he was just beyond excited and um, really, really excited about having a baby girl and So I started to get all emotional and weirded out, like, oh, no, he's not going to pay attention to me. Once we have this baby, he's going to come home, and it's all going to be about the baby. And I was just so clueless to what was about to happen to me, you know. And, of course, I was thrilled about having a baby, but I didn't realize, like, what would happen to me when I had her – and so it was hilarious because then we have her and it's like, I'm the one that's just like, Hey, like, you know, see you later <laughs> I'm you. with the baby. <laughs> and it was just so, so difficult to like focus on him and make him like a priority because this baby needed me mm-hmm. so much. And of course there's balance there, right? When you have a newborn, you can't just ditch your newborn all the time for your husband, but. But as you adjust to motherhood, you have to learn to prioritize your marriage. And so I've had my ups and downs with that over the years as I've just learned to like, you know, there's just been seasons where I'm realizing like I think I'm putting the kids before easy. And so I think that, that's huge that we as women recognize that, that we need to prioritize our marriage and our communication and just being proactive and setting up those times. Because if you do not plan for them, it's just not going to happen. Because mm-hmm. when you have children, that's a great responsibility and there are so many needs pull, pulling on you all the time. Now, for some people, that's going to be challenging if you don't have support and family to help and babysit when they're young. But there are ways that you can get around it by just, you know, finding some time in the evening even when the kids are home or you're home with the kids and just having somewhat of a schedule as time goes on just to to make time in your schedule instead of just plopping on the couch and watching tv which you both probably feel like doing a lot of times because you're exhausted but really um, carving out that time just to invest in each other and just you know reading the word and praying together and um If you're able to going out on dates and just laughing together because, you know, when you have that weight of responsibility on you and things are stressful and overwhelming and you're coming from two different places too, you know, you've got your husband has his job and then you're this full time mom or maybe you're even working outside the home as well and you're trying to juggle all of this stuff it's so easy just to um, forget about what your spouse is going through and only think about yourself. And so you become more self-centered and stressed and you forget to think about each other. And so you have to remind yourself to be doing that and to be, you know, when each of you are thinking about the other person, then it works out really well because then you're able to inquire about how they're doing and really go deep in your communication.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just a few quick things here. I know we're wrapping up, but, um, you know dave harvey said a, a couple of really important things in, in that book uh i still do you know he talked about not idolizing closure and what i mean by that is it sometimes as parents we, we want things nicely neatly kind of tied up and and wrapped up and 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 that they all went well you know and he, he highlights the fact that in Hebrews 11, 13, where it goes through that that great hall of faith and all those great men and women of God it says in verse 13 these all died in faith not having received the things yep. promised <laughs> whoa what and these are the heroes of the faith but look we don't fully understand the ways in which the Lord works and we need to we need to rest in him not in in our children changing or being the way we want them to be mm-hmm. you know that's that's very very key And then also be careful of what he calls deterministic obedience. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes we say, hey, if I do this, this is going to happen. And look, I did everything that scripture says, and look how my kids turned out. And then that leads to like bitterness toward the Lord. We have to remember, you know, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. That's a truism, not a promise. Mm -hmm. And this is so key for parents to understand because there's a lot of undue condemnation. You know, Ted Tripp again. He talks about shaping influences, which we can have an influence and an impact on our children's lives. But then there is Godward orientation. Mm-hmm. You can't control that. You know, uh, you know, this plus this does not equal this, especially in the realm of salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. You can't mm-hmm. save your kids, and it's not based on well, I did all this right. Sure, you can have an influence and impact. We're supposed to, but be careful of that. Be careful of going toward behaviorism and and having that that focus versus going for the heart, you know, and, and trusting the Lord with that. And then invest in your relational bank account with your kids. Have more deposits than withdrawals. That's huge. And remember that family members are not exempt from causing long-term relational damage but what by what may seem like small or insignificant discourtesies. This is huge. You know how many people I know who grow up have zero relationship with their siblings, don't even talk to their parents? Because what were viewed as just minor discourtesies you know, being disrespectful, uh, hounding them, uh, you know, acting like they're never good enough, you know, being rude to them. Man, that stuff adds up. Mm-hmm. And is not exempt from severing ties down the line. So we have to think of that. And then bottom line is be servants. Wash each other's feet relationally and, and do it unto the Lord and bear the fruit of the Spirit, bear the fruit of love and and recognize that This is a joyous calling from the Lord and we could do it joyfully.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you are an astounding couple. <laughs> I already knew that, but too I'm kind. even more sounded. Oh, man, your memory kind. recall, the way that you grab things and ideas <laughs> and <so> eloquently <laughs> state them, the Kiwi accent. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. oh it's so mixed, <laughs> Matt. It sounds so weird. Can anyone oh, ever I'll be mad at you? It. Ever?
3: <laughs> <laughs> is it possible? It's pretty difficult.
0: <laughs> if I could learn one thing in life, it'd be a, an accent like that. Oh, my oh. goodness. It's so mixed. I mean,
3: she came when she's 14. Can I just add one more thing? I just want to make sure.
0: No one else is that.
1: Oh,
3: yep. oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep, people right. people in New Zealand would be making fun of me right now because it does not sound like a pure Kiwi accent. It's so mixed with the California vibe to it. Um, but I just wanted to just, you know, this is a given, but I just want to reiterate just the prayer that we need to put into um, our parenting and just to pray for our children and for those out there that are just feeling really, Discouraged to um, to be mindful of that, just to be praying for your children. And, um, you know, a lot of times we can spend, especially as mothers, just so much time worrying and stressing and looking at all these little things that are not adding up and feeling like just the worst is happening with our children, but we just should not lose hope in praying for them and the work that the Lord may be doing in their hearts and continue to sow those seeds, no matter what age they are, Um, and not having that pressure, you know, like Izzy was just talking about, um, you know, feeling like we have to make sure our kids are converted, but knowing that's the work of the whole. Holy Spirit, but just um, bringing those fears and worries and concerns to the Lord and prayer and really unburdening ourselves. Because a lot of times when we have those burdens and that stress of you know, what's going on with our children, I mean, I find myself just, my thoughts are just filled with that, of just this child, and that child, and what if this happens, and that happens, Um, that stress can bleed out into your marriage, and onto your kids, because you're doing something that the Lord has told you not to do, do not worry, and don't be anxious, do not worry about tomorrow, sufficient for the day is its own trouble, God's grace will be there tomorrow, and today, we just need to make sure that we are walking in the Spirit, and trusting in Him, being confident in our parenting because he's given us that role this is what he has it's he's ordained that for us it's in his sovereign will we are parents Mm -hmm. and as christian parents obviously we have everything that we need to live a life of godliness and so we need to continue to be on our knees and um seeking him and trusting him Mm -hmm. and um you know really just Recognizing that when there's all that internal turmoil, it's a spiritual issue that's going on for us, and we need to just get before the Lord. I'm so glad. Yeah. You said yes. That because yeah.
0: <clears throat> it is a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of times we don't think about as parents is when they're little, we think we're going to worry and pray a lot when they're little mm-hmm. and then less and less. It's mm-hmm. the opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As yeah. they get older, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, it wakes you up, it keeps you up. Mm-hmm. And for parents to hear that, I think is going to be super comforting, yeah. especially yeah. from a couple like you going. We have to take this to the Lord oh big mm-hmm. time,
1: and you know humility is huge, you know um, we need to be careful because sometimes, as parents, we have those successful moments and we think, oh yeah, you know and but man mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's very important that we 're careful uh, we we've made so many mistakes as parents, mm-hmm. and it's it's god's grace that keeps us going, you know we recognize, Lord, we need you, and sometimes we do need to step back when we think we 've got it all together, you know one of my sayings is. You know, when I ask the Lord to give me more of him and less of me, he shows me more of me, which makes me want less of me Mm -hmm. and more of him. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we need the Lord to open up our hearts and show us our impure motives and and our selfishness and our self-centeredness. But then again, to turn our gaze away from ourselves toward Christ, Mm -hmm. toward the hope that is in the gospel. And to recognize that, hey, if we're failing, he has grace for us. If we're succeeding, it's because of him. Mm-hmm. Because pride will be the biggest destructive factor. And then you start looking down on other parents. You become prideful, arrogant. You're setting up yourself for a fall. Be compassionate toward parents that are struggling. Be there uh, as a voice to speak into their lives when when they invite you in. And be tender, and compassion, understand that, man, you're, you're a step away from stumbling yourself if you haven't yet. Yes. And if you've succeeded, give the Lord thanks and walk mm-hmm. in that meekness and humility. That's really
0: good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's time for a bullet round. <clears throat> this used to be optional. It's no longer optional. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So we're going to throw out one word, and then you have to answer <gasps> with the first thing that comes to your mind. Hmm. Not hard for a rapper. Oh, right. he's going to do yeah.
3: great. That's oh, that's yeah, awful. I'm gonna fall big if, time. You,
0: if it's a good answer, you're going to get some applause or something like that from Ethan. And then if it's a bad answer, you may get Steve Lawson. Ah. Answer, get Steve Lawson. Ah. Oh. Oh. So, so one, one
1: word and then we, we just elaborate just, on it. it.
0: We're going to give you... you get. You elaborate or just immediate response. We're going to give you a word. You give immediate response. Just what, like whatever comes to mind, just instantaneous. Another Quake word, word out or a, out a of phrase. the, overflow, the, heart, the mouth. Speaks. We're going to know a lot about you. <laughs> okay. So, just whatever. Who goes can first? Can we do one at a sentence. time. Okay. I'll one go a, first. I'll one go first. at a time. Yeah. No, okay.
3: no. Just throw it out. there okay. Here we go. What? I'll go
0: first. I'll say a word, and then they just
3: both of us at go. the same time. Yeah, whatever comes sen- to mind. A
1: sentence. Here we go.
0: Ready? The Dodgers.
1: They are blue.
3: I don't like baseball. Okay. Here's number two, cats. Mm. I really don't like them. <laughs> I love cats.
1: I just can't eat a whole one. <laughs> Come on, I deserve
3: some applause. That's there. so Middle
1: Eastern of you. I love to eat cats. I love,
3: I love dogs. dogs.
0: All right, here we go. Number three, Run DMC.
1: Yo yo, you know what time it is?
3: I Do have no idea what, what you're talking about. Oh, man. That's great. Okay.
2: Your grandson. Bliss. Mm.
0: Euphoria.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was so caught up in thinking about (laughs) him.
3: All right. Last one. Christ. My all. My treasure. That's really good.
0: Thank you guys for doing this. I know you're both super busy.
1: Oh, it's a joy. You drove
0: down here. Thank you for giving us your time. Anytime. Yes. All right. Thanks so for having us. Thank you. If you want to follow Easy, he is on Living Waters' official page. He's also on IG at Emil Zwayne. That's E as in then meal as in M-E-A-L. Yeah. And then Zwayne, Z-W-A-Y-N-E. And Rachel's handle is Joyful Mothers. And don't forget to support the worldwide release next week of What Is It? A pro-life movie produced by the team at Living Waters. Easy, are you willing to pray us out?
1: Uh, I will. And oh, if I could say one more thing. We also have a podcast at Living Waters. Yep. The Living Waters Podcast podcast and that you could check it out on all major podcasts which is like platforms. in the top 100 it, man it, it's blown our minds it's fascinating. yeah we have almost 200 episodes and yep. god keeps blessing mm-hmm. it we're, we're humbled by what he's doing yeah let's pray father what an honor it's been to just fellowship over truth to sharpen one another and to be reminded of your overwhelming kindness toward us we recognize lord How so undeserving we are of it, and it magnifies it all the more. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for not only salvation, but Lord, for the guidance that you give us through your word. Thank you that we're not like ships lost at sea without a motor, without a sail, without oars, without a compass, but we have the sure foundation of your word, and we have your spirit that leads us into truth. Mm -hmm. So help us, Lord, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling in a manner worthy of the gospel in a manner worthy of you be glorified through our lives and truly we are all in Jesus name
2: Amen. 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 Amen Date night fam We will be back in a week Please visit and support us at www.forthegospel.org And all, as always a special thanks to Ethan Our producer and Mission Bible Church So until next week Blessings from Tony, Easy, Rachel and I Keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family